0: this is Stephen adams and this is kevin Dr- oh, sorry <laughs> kevin duran <laughs> <Kevin Durant>, <laughs> good to see you mate. different complexion okay, let's go again. so this is Stephen adams and this is anis canter you're listening or... to the down to earth down to
1: dunk podcast what down to, down to dunk down to dunk i'll down say that dunk. Uh, introduce yourself mate here's two that is and i'm anis canter and you're listening to down to dunk podcast stay tuned Welcome to Down to Dunk, this is your host Andrew Schlecht, we're on dailythunder.com as well as Almighty Baller Radio, and you can listen to us on Dash Radios on Saturday afternoons. Before we get started, I need to tell you about our sponsor, Anchor Down. Of course, this is a great corn dog restaurant. Of course they have a great bar, and you can get a great selection of beer there, a lot of local stuff, a lot of anthem beer. Really, really good stuff. You can go check out Anchor Down today. They're in Deep Deuce in downtown Oklahoma City. Uh, But you can also get these jalapeno poppers from Anchor Down. They come with a side of ranch, I believe, and they are so, so good. You're not going to want to miss out on these jalapeno poppers. Uh, And, of course, you can always get a great salad at Anchor Down. You should go sit on their patio one night Grab your friends, grab your family, go to Anchor Down, sit out on their patio, enjoy the cool evening weather, enjoy a corn dog, a salad, some jalapeno poppers. Check out Anchor Down. Today, I got the man, the hot ham man, John Ham. What is up?
0: It is about time someone had me on their podcast. That's right. (laughs) We need need more ham pods. I've been sitting around like, Jesus, why does no one want to talk to me? <laughs> See, here's the problem,
1: though, is that no one else takes advantage of the ham gifts uh, when they put you on their pod. It's a, yeah. mis- <laughs> it's a huge misstep
0: by everybody else. Yeah. Um, oh, it's I don't know. It's funny because like any time Fred's like, oh, my, I need a guest. I don't know what to talk about. I'm like, dude, I'll help. I can know. come up with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: and you do. Your pod your pod with uh your pod with Fred, where you guys discussed the other teams of the league, was great. You should go listen to it. I shouldn't be doing ads for other podcasts on my own <laughs> podcasts. Um but yes. You should go listen I, I, to that. Yeah.
0: I appreciate that because again, I it, for those that don't know, you know, Fred and I just basically kinda like, you know, we get so focused on Oklahoma City and you know, Take a take a look elsewhere. Take a step back and see what else is going on around the league. And you you might find that, you know, Oklahoma City is A, probably in a better position than a lot of teams and facing a lot of the same struggles that every other team except for Golden State is facing. Yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about let's do, it. Let's do some some TQs. This one is from at Goob underscore D underscore Great. And Gabe says, now that Durant has finally won a championship, can we put the Golden State signing behind us, or will it continue to be talked about? So let's talk
0: about the Harden trade. Yeah. For a few minutes. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not not going away, Gabe. I'm sorry. I wish it would. I would love for it to just – we could just wash our hands of it and try to move forward.
0: Uh, It's not – really possible i don't think (laughs) well and it's there are so many unanswered questions about the whole thing sure um and then new information comes out that you start to you know put more of the pieces together right you know or some people have already got it all figured out if you would just listen to those people i mean they'll (laughs) they'll tell you they know but you know in the meantime you know the uh, other people are you know pieces of the story come out and and it just kind of informs us on you know what led to this happening right um so yeah i mean i it's not going to go away anytime soon it's just not no it it won't
1: i mean durant was such a big piece here if like durant just like stopped through and played here for a year or something like that and and, and left then it'd be like oh okay you know that's okay I mean, he he had deep roots here, and so that that stuff doesn't go away. Um, now So, but let's uh, let's go to our next question, which I think we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper into this, and we can get into some more discussion on Durant uh, at from at Euro underscore Thunder. He just wants us to talk about Lee Jenkins' piece. First of <laughs> all, so I look at Lee Jenkins' piece again this morning. There is the dumbest little quiz in the middle of this thing so the question is which small forward has scored the most points in their last 25 playoff games and it gives you four small forwards Kevin Durant LeBron James Giannis and then the fourth guy is Andre Robertson what yes I swear I swear John Hamm it gives Andre Robertson as a selection on this thing and and then it tells you that after you select whoever you chose it gives you the right answer and it's LeBron has scored 738 points and then uh Robertson scored like 163 <laughs> but it's like why do you <laughs> why are you doing this to us sports wow. illustrated i yeah. mean it's really just like a big just like jab at Andre Robertson in the middle Gee. of this um Kevin yeah. Durant piece um that's a side note, oh, super weird side note, but I don't know if everybody yeah. else is seeing this or if this was just sent to me specifically to make <laughs> me feel
0: bad, but um, that kind of reminds me of uh you know the big Saturday night showdown February eleventh when Golden State sent out like the <laughs> sent out the oh, picture man. of like Kevin Durant versus Andre Robertson right. as being the
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who's, who's controlling these articles? Is this coming uh, straight out of Oakland? So let's talk about know. this piece. So like the major thing that comes out of this, and like you talked about, we're learning more as time moves on. And they're selectively putting out this information about how Kevin made his decision. And it just makes you feel like everything has been a lie. Up until uh-huh. this point, right? I mean, they have they have leaked info about how he made his decision, what he wanted, how things went down. But the thing is that he made the choice. He had already made the choice before they even did the Hampton stuff, before they did anything else. I mean, this article basically says that he had already made his choice. Um. And everything else has been a lie up to this point. Like, why couldn't he have just – I mean, why – this information is coming out now just to, like, save Kevin Durant from looking like a bigger jerk than he already looks like? Or, like, what's what What do you think the point is of, like, the truth of how things happened finally coming out?
0: Well, I mean, so, yeah, let's uh, – there's the Lee Jenkins piece. But, like, you know, if you back up a little bit, there was the Zach Lowe piece. Right, where Draymond Green told Zach Lowe after mm-hmm. Game Seven of the Finals last year, he went to the parking lot, called Kevin Durant. When they asked Kevin about it, he said, "No, it didn't happen."
1: Right, he said it's one hundred percent false.
0: Okay, which one of you two is lying then? And, right. I, and it's just almost like, you know, why why would Draymond have a reason to make that up? Well, I'm t- I mean, it's,
1: I, it's really easy to know who's lying. Draymond, Draymond Green for. Uh, the guy i i don't like him i don't like him as a person fantastic basketball player best defender in the league very versatile i would like to have him a guy like him on my team but that dude doesn't lie like he just i think he, he he's too arrogant to right i don't know that he could kevin
0: durant on the other yeah. hand he's like my five-year-old whenever <laughs> i say did you do this no <laughs> right i Oh, I'm asking you if you just tore that up and you've got pieces of the thing that are torn up in your hands right. and you're telling me, no, you didn't do it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, D- so Durant doesn't what, – what Durant doesn't know, he's so afraid of people not liking him. And that's – I think that you look back and like that was a lot of the way that he communicated with the media and the, a sure. lot of the ways that things happen in Oklahoma City is that he – is so concerned with people liking him, but then, but now that like as these layers are peeled back and as he's with guys who are are just going to speak their mind to the media, like it just comes forward as like, wow, Kevin Durant has been <laughs> lying a lot over the last eight years, um, and you know, here's here's an example, and there was a Deadspin piece that said. Basically, we can't trust anything that Kevin says to the media. Uh, from going forward, mm-hmm. we just can't trust it. You're going to have to go to people around him, like Draymond, going forward. Um, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, as far as that piece goes, okay. So, and and I'm going to give him a bit of the benefit of the doubt. Okay. So here's something to consider. Okay. Obviously, you know Draymond and Kevin had some sort of a friendship that was brewing all during last season. I don't think that's Mm -hmm. any secret. Sure, Um, I've talked before that, you know, apparently the relationship between the two was was a big issue in the Thunder locker room during the Western Conference finals last Mm -hmm. year. Um, That's another thing to consider. So take that all into account. June 19th, let's say just in a moment of exuberation, Kevin Durant tells Draymond, let's do this. Here's in the, here's what we know afterwards. Kevin Durant had a dinner, as as Royce has reported, with Nick Collison, Russell Westbrook, where you know Russell says, "What do I need to do to change my game?" Mm-hmm. And as Kendrick Perkins mentioned in a subsequent podcast, they came away from that thinking it's done. He's coming back. You're right. Not only not only did he think that, you know, local people here thought that. Aside from Anthony Slater. Um, national people like Mark Spears thought this. I mean this was the intel they were getting. It's quite possible that Durant was going back and forth, that he was really conflicted, and that, like you say, as part of that you know, mentality of I want people to like me, was seriously concerned about how it would look for him to join the Warriors, needed people to talk him off that ledge. Um, so yeah, June 19th, he quasi-commits to this meets with his teammates, meets with the Thunder, goes to the Hamptons, you know, goes through that whole thing before making his decision. Um, It's quite possible that he was waffling back and forth a lot, but it sure Sure. seems like he was, it sure seems like that, uh, and even Durant admitted in one of his interviews, again, take it with, you know, whatever grain of salt you need to, that he was watching game seven of the finals that night and thinking, oh, okay, now I can do this.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think that he he took some courtesy meetings with other teams. He took a courtesy meeting with the Thunder, I think, and even going to that dinner, I feel like it was more of a courtesy meeting. And he is clearly not the kind of guy who's going to sit down and have a hard conversation with somebody. Right. Like, I I don't believe that he is the type of man that's going to sit down and have the hard conversation with Russ and with Nick and say, guys, like I really have loved, you know. You know, being a part of this team with you guys, I feel like I've grown a lot. But the truth is that I I want to be on the best team of all time. And there's only one way for me to do that. And it's, Yeah, and yeah. It's,
0: that was his opportunity to do it. He, could, sure. he couldn't wait for another year uh, because Golden State would have had to move on. And it would have been a lot more difficult to try to make that happen this coming summer. Um, yeah. That was the time to do it.
1: Yeah. And I think the PR blunder that he would have taken initially where he just was like i don't i don't really like i've made this decision already uh, i'm signing with the warriors um rather than like trying to like plan it and then like later like leak the truth like like, mm-hmm. like it just mm-hmm. doesn't like it doesn't it does not look good to me he and he had every right to make that decision i'm saying that he 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 couldn't have made that decision he shouldn't have done that blah 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 like he sure he can do that he can do those things but whenever it comes out later that it it just comes out i mean this is this is kevin like this is classic kevin durant that he doesn't want to have the hard conversations he doesn't want to make people mad he doesn't to the extent that it is hurting people more like he's leaving a wreckage along the way um you can either have the hard conversation with somebody and it hurt initially, or you can just leave wreckage with your with lies. And that's what that's what Kevin has done. That's I mean, Lee Jenkins has like spelled this out. Um, that he had basically agreed um the night that the Warriors lost. And it just it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, even more so after reading it as yeah. like a Thunder fan, because it's I mean, of course, like Draymond Green, the one who basically screwed the Warriors out of a championship last season. I mean, it was yeah. it was him. Had he not been such an emotional idiot, they right. would have won. Uh, they, they, they they should have won, and it was his fault. And so he's doing everything he can do to fix it. And then Kevin Durant just plays right into his hands. It's just like, really? I yeah. mean, that that just. I mean, everybody's like, you—you you gotta respect Kevin Durant. He did what. he... I mean, I, honestly, I don't really respect it. Uh, yeah, he had the well, right to make the choice, but I—I I don't respect the choice. I don't. I think that it has ruined the NBA. I think that it will ruin the NBA playoffs for as long as this team is together. And I—and I'm starting to question more, like how long this team will actually be together. Like, I think that I think that the definitive window is more like three years than it is like. Ten years, like um, Jeff van Gundy has suggested, I think the window yeah, is a little I, bit smaller than than what people think, but i don't respect the decision because it, it eliminated his competition this This team is the best team on paper and the best team on the court, maybe ever, and it it eliminated what should have been one of the greatest like five-year runs that the NBA maybe has ever had, like rivaling like the Celtics and the Lakers because you still have LeBron out east and he can still retool. You have Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. You have the Warriors. That makes the Clippers a little bit more prominent because you're, you're not so much out of reach. The Rockets are getting better. Like this should be – we should be entering an era where the NBA – I mean, everybody talks, oh, the finals ratings were better than they've ever been. You know what the playoff ratings would have been throughout the entire thing if Kevin stayed in Oklahoma (laughs) City or even just went to Boston or even went to Houston or somewhere else? The ratings would have been through the roof, through the whole playoffs. And we're also talking about revenue, more revenue for teams in the league whenever you have rounds, you know, second round that goes seven games, you know. Western Conference Finals that go seven games, you know, Finals that go seven games. You're talking more revenue then and more ratings and more everything. I don't respect the yeah. decision that he made. I just don't.
0: I I do I do wonder if it's a bit short-sighted on the NBA's part, because like you said, yeah, the, the ratings are up now, but we don't know what they potentially could have been. And we don't know what the effect is going to be a year or two from now. We'll see. Um, you know, usually it's the the NBA is a growing sport. We'll see if this actually helps matters or if it's going to put a monkey wrench in it. But yeah. cut couple of things that I thought of while you were going through that one. Uh, as you mentioned like Kevin you having difficulty having you know having those hard conversations. Here's here's what I think is important is now you you think about that and how difficult was it for him to actually like change things here in Oklahoma City, right? Sure. You know, yeah. And I have no doubt, and it's Howard Beck wrote about it and others have talked about it that, you know, maybe Kevin just got tired of playing with Russell Westbrook. Maybe it's because he just couldn't get through to Russ. Maybe it's because, you know, Russ was the one that was actually the strong willed one and Kevin just, you know, for just because of who he is, just couldn't have that strong, you know, that tough conversation with him about changing things. Um, could very well be, you know, and and that's just part of the story to to keep in mind there. The other thing too here, Andrew, and <clears throat> I don't know. There's there's a whole lot of talk. I mean, everyone has got to spin on why Durant made the decision because I mean we we read from you know people that there's been so many stories locally, nationally, in the Bay Area, Oklahoma City, so elsewhere. So many, so many. You know what went into that decision, and then you hear some people that just keep blaming Sam Presti and blaming ownership. Mm-hmm. Now. I'm not here to tell you they've done everything perfectly. I'm not here to tell you You know, – I'm not trying to justify everything here. But I also don't think it's not nearly as bad as what people say because here's my thought. Kevin Durant has been on Bill Simmons' podcast What Now Today for the third time? Yes. Andrew, the easiest sell, easiest sell July 5 if Kevin Durant would have leaked the story that I left because of management. Mm -hmm. I was – Ticked off because of the Harden trade. I was upset about Scott Brooks. I was mad they traded Tabocephalosia. You know, whatever. (laughs) That is the easiest, easiest sell nationally. Now you don't even have to talk about taking the easy road. You don't have to address any of that stuff. I left because of that podunk management in Oklahoma City, and everyone would have said, "Yeah, I get it." Sure. Yeah. There's people here locally. That would have you know, totally went out and bought their KD Warriors jerseys that moment. Mm-hmm. There's people nationally that would have turned directly onto his side because of that. That story hasn't come out. And don't you think Lee Jenkins would want to write that? Don't you think Zach Lowe, Chris Ballard, <laughs> you know, all, all of these, Howard Beck, don't you think, hell, I want to write that story? If yeah. I had enough evidence out there that I could go to an editor and say I have got a story for you, I want money. I want to be compensated. You know, that's a story I would want to write. I just, I'm just telling you, there's like that niche sort of, you know, out there that oh, this is why it actually went down, and why hasn't that come out yet? Yeah. Why are we? <laughs> it's a good question. And I- the guy I- he threw under the bus on July five was his teammate, his supposed buddy. Mm hmm. I'm just and the, this is stuff and the current and the and the to be named MVP of the NBA. Right. Right. <laughs> these are just questions I have. That's all, all I'm saying is that we're we're talking about PR strategies. Um, the easiest one would have been to choose, stand up in front of the microphone in Oakland and say, I got tired of Oklahoma City management. Mm-hmm. I got tired of the ownership. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: And And he and I think that he did it like in a very light way in some ways is that he didn't really like that. They kept getting younger. Uh, he sure. has, he has said that, but you're right. Like he, there are massive, massive things that, that Oklahoma city has done wrong. There's a lot of things they've done right, but there's some things that they've done wrong. And he, you're right. The hardened trade would be the easiest thing. And Bill Simmons would be dancing across America if, Kevin Durant came out and said something like that, you know. Right. That, that it right. was the hardened trade is
0: the reason that I left. Um anyway, that's a side tangent there, but yeah. Yeah, you know, like I, I say, pieces of the story keep coming out, and if that story does come out eventually, I, I am more than willing to listen to it and take that into consideration. hmm I just
1: think that he Kevin Durant's probably the most easily influenced superstar, maybe even ever. Uh, and I think that 's what it comes down to. I think that the Thunder management wanted to present him with an offer and a plan and a vision, but i don 't think that they were doing whatever they could to like coerce him to stay or to like guilt him into staying like i don 't think the Thunder are that kind of organization where they 're trying to like twist his arm to get him to stay but i I do think a hundred percent that the Warriors grabbed a hold of him. And right. gave him such a compelling reason and that Draymond Green, if, if you're willing to listen to Draymond Green, that's number one, that's a problem that, that you have. <laughs> um, <laughs> two, I think that whenever you are willing to listen, you're willing to be buddies with Draymond Green. Um, that he could probably convince Kevin of a lot of things or to do sure. a lot of things. And I think one of the things that he convinced him of is that you were never a contender in Oklahoma City. And Kevin Durant said that. He said that at yeah. the podium, that the that the Thunder were never contenders. And, I mean, how many—I I mean, that's just—it's absurd. Like, it's an absurd that, suggestion.
0: But someone followed up and said apparently he was referring prior to 2012. I, I didn't hear— I didn't hear the complete statement. I mean, I'm just trying yeah. to be in the interest of fairness here. Sure. Um, someone had said that no, he was actually if if you got the the full you know paragraph or the full quote, he was referring prior to 2012. So I, I'm just I'm careful because sometimes little sound snippets get out there. <laughs> okay.
1: <So> that, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, so. it got, that's how it got to me. Was that okay? That it was, but he was referring to prior to 2012. Okay. Well, if, if that's, that's if that's true, sure they were not right. contenders. Probably weren't well. It's just I don't know. Well, Sour taste the- in my mouth. Sour taste in my mouth from all of this. I I'm, I would never say that Kevin Durant shouldn't have made the decision that he did because he he is his own person. He's got his own people. He's got the pe- the people around him that are influencing him to do the things he's doing. That's fine, um, but it doesn't mean that you have to respected or that you have to think that it was the right move or you know whatever um you have every right if you're if you're a thunder fan you're upset you have every right to be upset you have every right to to feel like you you've been cheated and that the league is cheated like you have every right to feel that way because he left a team that was going to get better sam presti had has had, had multiple plans to make the team better around kevin and for that team to go back they were one you know, Clay Thompson, you know, fireball away from going to <laughs> the finals themselves. I mean, they yeah. were, and um, to to think, I don't know. It's we don't have to talk about this anymore. But um, well, it's just the, it's the just final,
0: crazy. the the last piece that I'll throw in here that I think is kind of an underrated aspect, and and I've seen it in various forms on Twitter. It goes to show just how everyone was scared of LeBron.
1: Oh, that, and I think you're right. I think some of this is born from Draymond Green, and then a lot of it is born of I'm afraid that if I do get to the finals, that I can't beat him. Yeah. And what? And here's the deal. We can, I, I say that we're done talking about Kevin. <laughs> Kevin has. When has he had criticism upon him? Up until this season, he was. He was easily like the least criticized superstar to make it to 10 years without a championship. Uh, And there are multiple excuses for that. Injuries to Serge Ibaka, injuries to himself,
0: uh, injury to Russell Westbrook. Um, I wouldn't say excuses. I would say explanations.
1: Explanations. That's a better word. There are multiple excuses.
0: excuses would be like there were solar flares that came too close to the earth. Okay. (laughs) So these are explanations. Yes.
1: Multiple explanations as to why he hadn't won a title. But still... He was never under any scrutiny up until then. And he, I don't know, maybe he, he, I feel like he kind of manufactures that or he, maybe he listens to too much first take, Um, Mm -hmm. which I, which I know he does. Like Kevin looks at, reads, watches everything. Um, And that's also part of the the problem that led to him. I think it's LeBron, Draymond Green, and then the fact that the media, at least the media that he's listening to, which I, I don't listen to and I don't watch and I, don't pay attention to so i'm i'm not privy to that information but he but he has not had the criticism up until this point um even though he wants to act like he did i don't know it's it's odd
0: yeah 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 exactly i just i think that lebron aspect because what coming into this season didn't lebron james's teams have like an 18 and 4 record versus kevin durant's teams Mm -hmm. um and then yeah then after golden state you know did its thing I mean, I I totally think that's an underrated thing. This would have been like 1994 if free agents just started flocking to the New York Knicks in an attempt to take down Michael Jordan. But then right. Jordan went off to baseball for a couple of years, and you know, <laughs> right. um, I, I again, I think it speaks a lot to just how how much fear these guys have of LeBron James. Yeah, no,
1: I I, I think that that's exactly right. Um. All right, let's, uh, let's. We can go one more <laughs> from at. I think it's Eric A M or Erica M eight eight eight. I don't know which one. I'm sorry for mm-hmm. saying it wrong. One of the ways I said it was wrong. Clearly, um, there's a part of this Lee Jenkins piece where he it talks about like Kevin like, in his it's his agent saying that he's like become more. Um, he said Kevin has grown so much since then clayman says uh durant has become both a both baller and seeker he quizzes the chef at the tosco cafe about ingredients and but he's not a foodie he flies a drone over his home but he's not a techie he buys art and snaps pictures but he's neither a collector nor a shutterbug recently he was watching billions with clayman and the hedge fund managers on the show kept talking about the sh- about shorting a stock. The next day, Durant searched for the definition. <laughs> it's like, what are you proving that
0: like Kevin is like some very like simple weirdo? Like what are you? I'm, like what is that? I'm telling you, it's Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> it's the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Like this guy, like for the first time, is like experiencing. Oh, like, you know, he he walks a great distance, but he's not a walker. Right, He takes a jog, but he's not a runner. He drives a car, but he's not a professional race car driver. What?
1: <laughs> he looks up know. definitions of words the, the following day after it pops up into his head. Well, I still don't know that. Yeah. He discovered uh, – Kevin Durant this summer discovered Google, and it's been a world changer <laughs> for him. It's been unreal. <laughs>
0: And and here's where I can compare. Like I got 10 minutes into the big short and I had to stop it to look up what shorting a stock was about. I still don't get it, by the way. So right. I didn't wait till the next day. Like I paused the movie. Oh, I'm man. like, what the hell are they talking about?
1: I hope Lee Jenkins' next piece is other things Kevin Durant has Googled since winning a championship. <laughs> yeah. the, whole, the whole world of Google has opened up to KD since oh, he's won a championship. Man. Okay, I'm done talking about Kevin Durant now. On to Ennis Cantor Trades. This is from Christian Reese. And he says, given Cantor's contract and limited market for his playing style, which is most likely to get back? What are we most likely to get back in a trade? Three and D wing, a backup point guard, a draft pick, a package deal with more. What do you What do you think, Ham?
0: Um, I you know again, I I hesitate to. We've talked a lot about you know potential where Ennis Kanter you know makes sense could possibly go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we were having the same conversation last year about what could the Thunder get for Serge Ibaka, we probably could not have dreamed. <laughs> you know, that they yeah. would have gotten one of the two packages they were after. So mm-hmm. um, it's so hard to tell. Let's put it like this. I I don't believe he's a negative asset. In other words, I don't think the Thunder, you're know, going to have to attach a pick or attach, you know, something to make another team take him. Um, I do agree that, you know, his this type of a player probably, you know, is not going to command a, a, a huge haul like Serge Ibaka got. But I do think that, you know, I, I believe that they could get useful stuff if they decided to move in as Cantor. I that's very vague, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh
1: I think the Kings are a landing spot one because they've got like fifty or sixty million in cap space this summer uh yeah. to spend and they could just you know, it could be just straight up the tenth pick for Cantor. Like they could Yeah. Like they could do that. Uh, and what else? I mean, what what are the Kings gonna do with cap space? Like that—that that is like the most terrifying sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> like, what could they possibly do? Like, don't screw this up. Like, Cantor is Canner's contract isn't really even that bad anymore. Like, people just yeah. thought it was the worst thing ever. But now you've got a guy. Like, if he's your starting center, he's a twenty and ten guy, and those guys aren't as sought after uh, in the current NBA. But I think that. Vivek would probably like that. He would probably like to say he's got a 20-10 and center on his team. So it's possible for them to do something like that. Um, I think there's a lot of teams in kind of this late lottery, mid-first round. The Kings are a team. I think the Hornets are a team that needs more Mm -hmm. scoring. Uh, We talk about packages there. They have the 11th pick. I think you could do like a salary dump plus the 11th pick, and then the Thunder could have their – chance to get like Luke Kennard or Donovan Mitchell or OG Ananobi or somebody like that. Um, If they like any of those guys, I still think the bulls make some sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And they have the 16th pick in which Ananobi or Justin Jackson or somebody like that, if people like him. Uh, So I, I think that there's, I think there's options as far as draft. I don't know that the Thunder would straight up trade Cantor to bring back just a draft pick or a guy they think may take a few years to develop. I don't I don't know if that totally makes the Thunder better, uh, but I think going forward it would. Uh, it, it's all – everything hinges on Russ and on what he's going to do this summer and what he wants. Uh, I think either way, I think to give Cap flexibility and to give the Thunder maybe a more well-rounded team or a team that's ready to compete – even in a couple of years, I think that trading canter for like a mid first round pick makes a ton of sense.
0: Yeah. If, if they could find such a deal, uh, it, it does make a lot of sense. And we've talked before that if the right deal doesn't materialize, I mean that they in works for this team. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they had some success with them a lot during the regular season and, and, in a particular playoff series, could have success with him again. So, yeah. um, I don't think it's necessarily a trade canter or bust situation. Right. Um, but I mean, there are there are reasons why it would make sense, uh, you know, in multiple ways to uh, you know to move him along. But uh, yeah, I it, I don't get the I don't get the impression like that. There's a desperation to move no. him. Let's put it like that.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think it'll be all about opportunity. Like, I don't know how the, the Thunder weren't desperate to trade Serge Ibaka, uh last summer, but the opportunity came about that there was a lot of interest in him and they got a lot for him. The Like you yeah. said before, the Thunder, he's, cantor's uh, not going to get the same interest. Like he's just, he just doesn't play yeah. that position of need as much. But I think that you could, you could find a team that, is one like looking to make the playoffs that needs to be like pushed into like having just more good NBA players now, like the Kings or the Hornets. Um, or you could find a team that's looking to go a different direction, like the Bulls or somebody like that. Um, yeah. Somebody not mentioned – Oh, go ahead.
0: Uh, I was, was going to say not every NBA team is trying to build a title contender, right? And if you mm-hmm. if you are, you know, like Houston probably doesn't have a lot of interest in Ennis Cantor. But no. some of these teams out there, like you mentioned, like a Sacramento that desperately needs productive NBA players, Yeah, I could definitely see where, where Cantor makes sense there.
1: Yep. And you just – you can't – You can't count out anything in Sacramento. You just cannot.
0: Anything is possible. This is absolutely true. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh,
1: This is from Manila Scouser. Uh, Have Adams and Oladipo justified their extensions? Would you trade either for a higher pick or who would you get for them?
0: Um, We've talked a lot about this before, too. No. I mean, at this point, they haven't justified their extensions, nor are they really expected to. I mean, these are these are expected to be contracts they grow into. Mm-hmm. So um, have, have they justified – well, we've discussed that too. I mean, we feel like if, if they had gone to restricted free agency, the Thunder would have paid at least this, if not more, to retain both of those guys. Um, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. So uh, now – do they do they need to continue to improve as basketball players so that way in a year year and a half we're going wow the you know Thunder got a great deal on these guys absolutely um and and that's like natural
1: mm-hmm. yeah their extensions haven't kicked in yet like they, they haven't received any of that money yet so let's keep that yeah. in mind too uh, right and I mean Ham hey, find me somebody who got a similar extension in the past that hasn't either outgrown the contract or at least given that
0: value. Like, find me a guy. Like the the first one that comes to mind, and it's probably the only one is Andres Biedrance. Sure. I remember. Yeah. yeah, He he got something like a, like a five year, $45 million deal. And like, he was really good at one point. He was good. Um, And then I don't know, just his brain couldn't compete with playing basketball or something, but, that's about the only one where, like, in other words, we're like towards the end of the contract, the player was a toxic asset.
1: Yeah, and even then, like, them trading Beadrenes helped them get Andre Iguodala. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, he was he was a salary dump, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to Utah with Richard Jefferson, and and that helped them get Iguodala. You're absolutely right. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, I'm I'm going back and trying to think you know when players got to the end of their extensions their their rookie extensions you know w- were they toxic and none come to mind i the only ones that come to mind are obviously you know the veteran free agent signings or the mid-level exception signings and there's been so many of those that have gone bad
1: mm-hmm. yeah i i think that we need like everybody just pump the brakes on like Oladipo bone adams aren't worth this money uh give the give them a chance to are in these spots, and plus Adams and Oladipo, they fill a they fill a role in the current NBA in that we have a three and D wing in Oladipo. At least we know that we have that, and then you have uh-huh. a, an extremely mobile big that can catch lobs, that can score around the basket, great rebounder, can protect the rim, can be your defensive anchor, and you're already like wanting to cut bait on those guys to trade for a draft pick. <laughs> Like you're yeah. I mean, you're just I mean, if any of these bigs turned out to be as good as Steven Adams, like I think that the, the teams would be ecstatic. Like and there's there's a lot of bigs in this draft, there's not a lot of high end bigs in this draft. Like you look at Zach Collins out of Gonzaga, who who's a much more skilled player than Adams ever was, but if Zach Collins reached the level of a Steven Adams, I think that whoever gets him at eleven or 10 or 9 or wherever he falls it is going to be ecstatic to have that kind of player and to have an opportunity to have that player on their team um and Oladipo I mean if Oladipo is in this draft like i i I think if he was he would go probably in the lottery still and then some of these guys like you got Malik Monk like I I wouldn't do that. I mean Frank Nilakina, I mean, I mean maybe he ends up being a better player than Oladipo. Um, but then like Donovan Mitchell probably isn't going to be as good as Oladipo. He's a even a streakier shooter than Oladipo was in college. I don't know. I'm just I, I think that the Thunder have two good players there. Maybe they're not max level players. Uh, but they are, are guys that are going to help and contribute and should only get better. Uh, it does happen sometimes where these guys don't get better. But usually these guys like a Mike Conley, DeMar DeRozan, I'm trying to think of other players that were super criticized whenever they got their new deal. Mm-hmm. Jeff Teague, like all these players were like, oh, well, they're not worth that money. And then like they get to the end of their contract, and you are like,
0: well, but probably one of the top 10 value contracts in the NBA right now. Um, and I like I go back to Gordon Hayward. OK, sure. yeah. Look, look at Gordon Hayward's year three numbers, and that was when he came up for a rookie-scale extension. Mm-hmm. Um, not not pretty. I mean not like awful, but if the Jazz would have given him a maximum salary, like a, like a five-year max at that time, it would have been lambasted. I mean people would have yep. had a field day criticizing them for that. Instead, Hayward played out his fourth year. Went to restricted free agency, got a max from Charlotte that people lampooned, mm-hmm. and he's outplayed that contract. Yep. And now Utah would probably love to have that one back. Yep. More often than not, these lottery picks who
1: get these extensions are going – they typically end up being good in year three, four, five is whenever they start to get really good unless you're like this otherworldly talent like you're going right. to show earlier and you've – For sure, give those guys max deals. But these other guys, like normally good NBA players, like a Gordon Hayward, uh, like a DeMar DeRozan, like these guys who are like fringe all-star type guys, like they take – it takes some time. And to give up on them to trade for the chance to try that again, I mean, it just makes no sense. Uh It just makes no sense. Um, This is from at Alex Purdy. Would OKC making Grant a restricted free agent this summer be an indicator of their plans with either Kanter or Robertson, assuming they want to avoid the tax?
0: I am trying to remember. Fred wrote about this. When is that deadline on Grant? It's after the draft, so it's um,
1: – Yeah, well, I don't – I, don't really, I want to – oh, I have to Google that like Kevin Durant Googles things. Yes,
0: <laughs> and then we'll write a very humanizing story about right. Andrew, Andrew Schlecht wanted to know when the player option deadline was, and he used the Google, but he's not a Googler. That's
1: right. I'm not a Googler. Um, I'm going to wait a day like Durant, so you guys aren't going to get this live. You're going to have to wait a day, and I may or may not post it online depending on the results.
0: Oh, man. So uh, in, in any event, uh, the draft happens first, and then that decision – on grant needs to happen so in other words by the draft um you know if Anna canter's not on the team i think it, we've talked about it before i think it makes a whole lot of sense to try to lock up jeremy grant this summer it also doesn't make a lot of sense for oklahoma city to go into the tax this year mm-hmm. um a matter of fact i don't know if it makes sense for anyone except for cleveland and golden state to go into the luxury tax next season but um So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see after the draft and and we'll have a much better idea by then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that it I I think the Thunder would probably like to stay
0: uh, under the tax if they can. Um, If I'm any other NBA team right now, I I have a difficult time justifying going into the tax right now. Yeah, I just do.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I don't. I don't know how you justify going into the tax at this point,
0: unless you unless you got to February and you know you're Houston and you know there's an opportunity to to land a second or a third superstar next to James Harden and you really feel like you know maybe that you've got something that works, but I, I, I'm just telling you for the vast majority majority of the league, I I just don't know if I'm an owner if I could sign off on it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean. The Thunder could go into the tax this summer and then find a way to trade one of their guys to go under uh, before the trade deadline or so, or something like yeah. that um, to where they really don't have to get those penalties. But um, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, a team that you have to watch that should be very, very busy between now and the end of the NBA draft is the Portland Trailblazers because they're in a rough spot cap wise and their team isn't that good. They have a lot of guys locked up that are just they're NBA rotation players but they're getting paid like crazy. Evan Turner, Alan Crab. Yeah. I mean like they look look for them to be super active. I mean that's a that's a team that I think when I talked about the Kings dumping or being able to dump some salary onto the Kings. I mean that's a that team just screams that they should be on the phone with Vlade every day.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. So um anyway, I just th- I, I throw that out there on the tax because I do get questions occasionally about you know oklahoma city 's willingness to spend and there there 's not always a correlation between spending and success right. i mean golden state golden state didn 't pay the tax this past season, and they you know just won a championship you know mm-hmm. so anyway um yeah, we'll see. But, you know, I, I do think it makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons to dodge the tax y- this year. It would give them flexibility because it will reset the repeater tax clock. Then they could, you know, look at the following season moving on, assuming Russell Westbrook, of course, is, is here for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, this is question at from at Christian Reese underscore. And he says, would you rather trade up for OGN and OB, trade back for Shemi Ojalei? Or stay and get Justin Jackson.
0: I have been trying to crash course myself and familiarize uh, you know, a lot of these prospects. I have not looked much at Justin Jackson yet. Um, mm. I've, I've read some stuff about him, um, so I I don't know. I don't know. I just and I keep going back to the type of the type of player the Thunder usually draft. Yeah, um, and from, from what I can tell. Guys like O'Jale and Jackson are more kind of like skill guys but not really athletic. Right?
1: Shimmy is I mean Shimmy's Shimmy a- is a crazy athlete who's not that skilled. He and OG okay. are probably more comparable. Justin Jackson's he's really interesting to me. Uh mm-hmm. I think that he can do a lot of things on the court. Uh I f- I feel like he might need the basketball a little bit too much for a guy who I don't think is going to be like an all-star or even approach an all-star level guy. Uh, I think he's more of like a 6 man kind of mm-hmm. player, which is why I don't really like him all that much.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, I mean Ojale is obviously built like a like a Mack truck. He, he is the he's the a a a basketball version of the Rock. He, yes, he is a beast. And maybe that's yeah. I'm seeing him as like yeah, I've seen the comparisons to Jay Crowder, for example. Um, yeah, when it comes to him, so defensively, sure. <laughs> Older guy, I mean, typically the Thunder go for the younger athletic that they can take and will teach you how to do these certain things Um rather than getting a guy that usually can step in. and I mean, like Sabonis stepped in and played last season. I don't know how much he would have to that degree had Kevin Durant stayed, mm-hmm. um, but still it was sort of like, OK, you're 20. You've got some tools. We're going to develop you into the type of player that you know we, we think you need to be. I don't know. It's it's the, tough.
1: The Thunder also play their guys way sooner than people imagine. Like Stephen Adams comes into the league. The over under that I had before the season started was 100 minutes, 100 NBA minutes for Stephen Adams <laughs> for the first season. He played a thousand one hundred ninety seven minutes. Maybe that's me just being a big dummy, which is very very possible. Well, um a lot but, of people thought he was going to be in Tulsa all season. Right. Yeah, that, and that was kind of my point. Is like, ha, is, he's he's a starter for the Tulsa Sixty Sixers. Like, he's not right. But he came in and he played right away. The th- same yep. thing with Sabonis. He came in, he played right away. Uh, and a lot of these guys, we just don't know like that if if they are or are, are not ready to play right away. Yep. Um, I, I wonder if the Thunder have a different approach because they know that they need help now, um, and the clock is ticking with this current team. I don't think that Sam Presti is super interested in rebooting the team now, uh, but I do think that he's interested in trying to push whatever he can with this team and see what they can get. And that's why I th- I, I don't think they'll select semi July, but I think that they mm-hmm. should they should heavily consider Drafting, Just go ahead and drafting him at 21 and not trading back. Because uh, I, I don't know how easily you could trade back right now, and I don't know what asset you're going to get. You're trading back just a few spots. I mean, maybe they can get a future second-round pick. If you can do that and you can still get the guy you want, clearly you do that. Uh, but Sam Presti has been more of the mold. You just take the guy that, that you want. Uh, and that's yeah. worked out in some ways. like worked out well with reggie jackson at least for a little while worked out very poorly with mitch mcgarry uh worked out really well with russell westbrook worked out really well with james harden like all these guys were projected in the in these mock drafts to go a lot later than what the thunder took or at least a couple picks later than where the thunder took them uh and i think ojalee fits very well if they're going to keep the 21st pick he is a big dude he shot the ball very very well um he was a highly recruited guy. He was supposed to play at Duke, ended up transferring. It wasn't a good fit for him for whatever reason. Uh, but he is a big monster that can play the four. Uh, it, it would make it easier to trade a guy like Jeremy Grant if you drafted Ojolay because I think Ojolay could come in and play at least like 10 minutes a game or something like that, shoot threes, whatnot, and then you could package Jeremy Jeremy Grant and whatever – um, if, if he's, if he has gained value, um, over this past season, I think that, or it doesn't hurt to have multiple guys that are in the mold of Jeremy Grant, these athletic guys that can shoot threes and defend multiple positions. It doesn't hurt to have that many of those guys on your team. In fact, that's Damn. what everybody wants. So I think that he makes a ton of sense. I think OG Ananobi is, is kind of a, I don't I don't know. I don't th- know. I think that some people are super high on him. Um, I've I've seen him as far as like in the top ten on some mock drafts. I've seen him as far as the Thunder, um, in some mock drafts. I think Bleacher Report right now has OG going to the Thunder, which I think is crazy. I think in a league where teams are desperate for wings, I think that they're these guys are going to go sooner than what people think. Um, yeah, OG not OG is not falling to the Thunder.
0: Doesn't seem like it, and. Another thought too on on the idea of trading back. Um, I mean, the same reasons why people say trade up, trade up to go get that guy. Yeah. Um, let's say Oklahoma City is at twenty one, and let's say Orlando at twenty five really wants TJ Leaf. Yeah. And but they're afraid that Brooklyn is going to take him at twenty two. Well, you know now Orlando wants to trade in front of Brooklyn so they can draft TJ Leaf, and then Oklahoma City looks and says, well the guy that we want. Is he still going to be there at 25 if we trade back? That's more of the thought process, not not like we like Simi Jale, but we can't take him at 21. That's not a good. You know, let, let's see if we can trade back. No, it's more of if it makes sense. You know, if mm-hmm. if if a, if a team from behind, and then you've got to be able to you know take that risk that you trade back, and the guy you want is taken, and are you going to be happy with your second choice yeah. when you get there? So. I think that's more the way to kind of think about trading up and trading back. Um, it's uh, oftentimes it's a team that's wanting that they've got a guy that they want that they're wanting to trade up, and you know, and, and that's how things kind of trickle around.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the Thunder will be very active in this draft. I feel like there are there's a lot of there's a lot of projects in this current draft, but there's a lot of guys I think that can come in and play right away. I think Derek White. I've talked about him at nauseum. I think that he could come in and play right away. I think O'Jale with his age can come into play right away. Um, mm-hmm. Someone did ask me on Twitter. I I have flipped on O'Jale. I did not like him initially. Um, mm-hmm. But the more that I learn about him, the more that comes out about him, uh, the more tape that I've watched on him, I'm like this this dude can play. Like he like yeah. he can play. Um, so I'm I'm a big fan. There's also guys like Terrence Ferguson who will be in the Thunder's range who. I am not a fan of. Like he's not ready to play today. He cannot come in and contribute to the Thunder today. He is a blue player, and I, I just don't. I don't think that you can go to Russell Westbrook after the draft and be like, "Hey, we got this guy that could be really good in about four years." Like I, that's just. I, I just don't. <laughs> right. I think, I think it's di- this draft is different because um, I think in the past you can go to Russ and be like, "Hey, like we got a guy developing on the very end of the bench who could come in and be a starter someday." Like that's really exciting. Uh, But right now it's like, um, I mean, he could go to Sam and say, "Sam, Kyle Singler is still on this team, you know? Like, (laughs) we've got to get me guys
0: that can play." Yeah. Um, And and you know that that sort of a prospect I think is fine as long as other upgrades are made either in the draft or through trade on draft night. I mean, if if they came away with a prospect, that's fine. But obviously, that does to me that doesn't need to be the only you know haul from the evening so you know i wouldn't discount it completely and 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 i'll throw this out there too because and maybe it's just because i'm just getting into this but i'm watching a lot of video of tj leaf yeah i think if if they move in his canter some of the stuff that i've seen from tj Leaf, i'm thinking this might not be a bad backup big man i mean he it, it seems to me if he if he's not you know if he's not in Oklahoma City, maybe San Antonio is going to take the guy. I mean, I feel like the guy is actually—he looks a little bit awkward in some of the video that I've seen. But I don't know. I, I, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to, you know, if assuming they moved on from one of their big men, uh, T.J. Leaf might not be a bad option.
1: Sure. He, he is very talented. T.J. Leaf yeah. is T.J. Leaf's an NBA player. He he mm-hmm. he will. I think he is a at best. He's like a starting power forward on a team that has a really good team around him, where he's like the fifth best starter. Um, mm-hmm. More likely, he's probably your third or fourth big that comes in. He can hit threes. He's a he like he's an athlete. Like he this this dude can get up. Um, yeah, he's not an he's not an inept passer. He's actually a pretty decent passer. I, I I agree. I think at the Thunder we're getting bit. We're going to draft a big. I don't think T.J. Leaf would be the worst thing in the world. Uh, right and there's a lot of bigs in this draft. These these bigs are going to fall. Like Justin Patton, who was, who has worked out for the Thunder. Like that guy is going. Like some of these guys are going to fall. And Abogu out of UCLA, who's super super intriguing. He's got a He's six ten with a seven six wingspan, um, which is like. And he didn't do a whole lot at UCLA, but he's a really really intriguing prospect. Jared Allen out of Texas, super young. There's a lot of these guys. Like one of these guys is going to fall and I don't want the Thunder to take a big. Like, don't get me wrong. I really don't want them to, uh, because I don't think that it, there's not a need there, but I do think that one of these bigs falls, like if Justin Patton, Jared Allen, and if they, if they're there at 21, um, don't be surprised if Sam Presti pulls the trigger on one of them, because like The talent there is undeniable. Like, these guys are really good. Would I rather them go ahead and take Shemmy? Yes, I would. Because I think that he fits a need way better than those guys do. Would I rather them take Derek White? Yes, 100%. But don't be surprised (laughs) if, like, the the talent that falls – is, you know, put, pushes the Thunder to, to make a decision that isn't the best fit, um, or isn't the best fit today. But then, like, if they get, you know, Justin Patton or Jared Allen, you know, at 21, and then you suddenly have this, like, really, really good backup for Cantor, and you're only paying him a million bucks or not for Cantor. Oh, why, why do I say that? For Adams. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you suddenly have this backup that's really really good and putting in good minutes on defense and offensively and you're paying him a million bucks instead of 17 million um that allows you to do a lot more cap wise um, sure than paying absolutely than paying two centers you know 40 million dollars
0: <laughs> right right
1: uh okay let's see let's just do one more cuz we're going really long um <laughs> Okay, this could take. This one could take a while, and I won't do that one. Uh, this is from a D puzzle. Would we rather get a wing in the draft and sign a backup point guard in free agency, or vice versa? Also, how's everyone holding up?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's great here on this side. It's great. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: what do you What do you think about drafting a wing or free agency for one or the other? What do you think?
0: Well. Yeah, I mean, now here we're talking about at 21, the potential of not only Derek White, but Juwan Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it just seems to me – I just don't know how many like realistic wing options there are going to be in free agency for – and just so people know, I mean, the, the most realistic tool they're going to have to sign a free agent is, is the 5.4 million smaller mid-level exception. That's mm-hmm. the most realistic. Um, it's – they might be able to offer the full mid-level if they move some salary and stuff, but realistically, it's going to be that. And it seems like you could get – and I know they've tried quality – I mean they've tried veteran point guard after veteran point guard over the past several seasons and can't hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems more realistic to get that kind of a guy with the mid-level exception than to get a quality rotation wing player. Yeah.
1: I'm all for drafting a wing. Um whether it's a trade up or even in the second round or I I think the Thunder have got to try to get a rotation wing in this draft uh, just because they're so scarce like you're not you're not going to get you're not going to get one of these guys like you said in free agency like they're going to the guys that are any good are going to make eight to ten million dollars a year and that's and that's maybe a a stretch for some of these guys and then you're screwed cap wise. I think that your your best option is to, and and I like drafting these older guys. Like I think that drafting an older wing makes a ton of sense because you can play them now, and they're going to you're going to get a massive return on the con, on the contract on this rookie scale contract. Um, like Ojale, like people are afraid. Oh, he's going to turn twenty three soon. What's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is that. <laughs> when he's 27, you're going to be paying him a million bucks and he's going to, he could potentially be a starter for you. Um, right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what's happening. Derek White, also the same thing. Like, Oh, what's going to happen? He's, he's 23 years old. That's not a good sign. Well, maybe not, but I know that when he's in his prime, we're still paying him a million bucks. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those, I th- I think that you get a ton of value, um, especially for a team that is just desperate for NBA quality rotation wings. Like they're just desperate for those kind of guys. And I think that you can find them um in the draft. I mean I think Josh Hart, he's more of a two guard, but he's six six. Like I think that he could be a rotation player. And then you even go toward the back of the lottery, you have guys like Sendarius Thornwell, who's also more of a shooting guard, but the dude the dude can play. Like that guy can come in and play. Um, you know, 10 minutes as a backup. Like, I think that that guy could be an NBA player. Uwundu out of K-State, I think that that guy can play. Um, There's a lot of these guys that can come in and play now that are a little older, um, that may not be like these high-level draft picks or guys that are going to develop into like a star or anything like that. But we're just, you're talking about NBA quality rotation players. um, And the Thunder just need those guys.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and so I, I, still think you can find a, you know, a veteran point guard. Maybe you know, instead of signing and waving a guy like Ronnie Price, you sign a guy like Ronnie Price and keep him. Um, <laughs> what an idea! Absolutely. That's an option. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I feel like maybe you're right. They can get a solid backup point guard in the second round of the draft. Maybe sign a veteran. Um, you know to. To kind of ease that guy in, it seems like, yeah, it, this reminds me of the nineties when everyone was looking for a big man in the draft
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: because, you know, you needed a big man to take on Akeem or Ewing or Elijah and, or, or Robinson, I mean, and, and you know, Shaq. Um, and it's kind of flipped now. So like you, you couldn't find a quality free agent, big man back then, um, these days, you, you pretty much need to go to the draft if you want to grab one of these wings early. So yeah. that's, I think that's where I would direct my focus. Yeah,
1: and, uh, and you can – Shelvin Mack – like how much better is Shelvin Mack than any of the backup point guards that the Thunder had? Like he's a lot better. Like he can come yeah, in be. and he can run an offense. He's a good defender. He's a guy that kind of screams like backup Thunder point guard to me. Cause he's going to be inexpensive. He can actually run an offense a lot better than what Samaj can do. And he can actually defend. Um, so somebody like that, like that bang instant upgrade. And he's been in the league. He knows how to play. Uh, I also think that that's kind of a big deal. With we're talking about backup point, is that rook, there's a learning curve for rookie point guards, and point guards usually take a lot longer to develop. Uh, that's why the Thunder can sell Cameron Payne to the Bulls because they say, right. "Well, it takes these guys a long time to develop. It, it's going to be a while before he can, you know, do what he's supposed to do." Uh, It just takes a while. So I'd I'd rather get a a vet backup that can come in and play now and then get a wing that maybe can only play, you know, 10 minutes a night and maybe even not play at all some nights, but then develop into something better than Kyle Singler, which is what the Thunder need. They need guys that are better than Kyle Singler on this team badly. No doubt. No Uh, doubt. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. John, thanks for coming on the show. We can follow you on Twitter at John M. Ham. listen to you on the franchise here locally. If you'll leave us an iTunes review, that would be so, so nice of you. If you're looking for something to do that's nice today, you can go onto iTunes and leave us a five-star iTunes review. If you listen week week in, week out, we'd really appreciate that. And have a great Wednesday.